0: Let us pray. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? Psalm 119:82. Father, there are times when my days are darkened with sorrow, and my eyes fail to see the hope of your promises. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, and it feels like my life is falling apart. I wonder where you are, And when you will comfort me? When will you restore your presence and draw near to me? When I am in the midst of my personal battlefields, it's easy to lose hope. I can't help but wonder how our brave men and women in the armed services stay strong in the midst of their battles. Today is Memorial Day, and I want to pray for all those who are on physical battlefields in foreign countries all across the world. Comfort all those who feel alone and are fighting spiritual battles in these dark places. Lift their burdens and lighten their loads as they serve our country. Guard them and protect them as they are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Bless them, Lord Jesus, and give them hope in knowing that you hear their prayers and will never forsake them. Touch them with your love today, and refresh them with your presence. Comfort them, Lord, with your peace, and comfort their families who wait anxiously for their return. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's daily prayer. For more inspiration and an incredible message from our feature pastor, stay tuned to Pray.com's Sunday Service. Welcome to Pray.com's Sunday Service, sponsored by Altrua HealthShare. Follow this podcast and listen weekly to receive godly wisdom and practical advice for daily living. Stay tuned for Sunday Service, coming up after a quick word from our sponsors. There's an innovative, better way to find health care. We're Altrua HealthShare, an affordable and flexible way to take care of your family. We're a community of like-minded, health-conscious individuals who share in each other's medical needs. And you can customize your health care your way with Altrua HealthShare. You can build your membership based on your season of life and your family's needs. Head to myshare.org to find out more. That's myshare.org. Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another.
1: to be here with you on this Memorial Day weekend. Here we are on this, what I would consider holy ground here in Hawaii, on this historic landscape right here of the USS Arizona behind me. We are here on Ford Island in the middle of Pearl Harbor in beautiful Hawaii for this Memorial Day weekend. And as we are celebrating and thanking God for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice with their lives, we have to understand that what we are standing on and what we are looking at right here at this moment is a result of people who've sacrificed their lives. On December 7, 1941, America was thrust into a second theater of war. We were already fighting on one end with our allied forces with Great Britain and led by Winston Churchill. And at that time, we were fighting against Adolf Hitler and the Third Reich and the terror that they were bringing to that continent. They killed over six million Jews. They were taking over and they were headed into Great Britain, but meanwhile, Back in 1941 on December 7, America was caught off guard. We were caught off guard because we had no idea that they were actually planning a surprise attack. And when the Japanese came in 1941 to December 7, they totally decimated the United States Navy. What I love about our country is we got right back up and started fighting all over again. Now here we are, over 2,400 people died here during this moment at that time. I think over 900 men have lost their lives who are buried there right here in the Arizona Memorial. But what I know is this, there always will be wars and there always will be times that you and I are going to be battling. Now we may not be in a physical war at this moment but what we are in is a spiritual war. So when we are always in this spiritual battle, whether it's COVID crisis or any other crisis that you, be, you might be going through right now, I want you to know and be rest assured that God is with you. God is absolutely with you. Now if I think of anybody in the Bible that was such a great warrior, a man of war but also a man of peace, David immediately comes to my mind. David was a great warrior for God. He was a king. But also, we have to remember that David started while he was a teenager. God anointed him and used him to take out Goliath. But at that moment, more than anything ever, I mean, at that moment, if David could ever have thought what God was going to do in his life, that he would eventually become the king of Israel, it would have absolutely blown his mind. Now some of us right now, you're watching this and you've logged on and you have no idea what God wants to do with your life. You might be in your room, you might be on a computer looking at your smartphone and and, and watching church and being a part of this. But I want you to know that this crisis will not last forever. This too shall pass. But if I were to look back at one of the most difficult times of David's life, it was not when he was king, and it was not when he was a teenager. It was in that middle battle between coronation and the calling. It is in those seasons of my life and your life when we realize that even though the prayers are not answered immediately, God is still working, and he is still moving on our behalf. Somebody say amen. I'm going to amen myself. Amen, because nobody else is here to amen me. But when we look at this, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 27. I want you to to see this with me. David is older. He has been on the run for many years by now. He went from a teenager to a young man. And the Bible tells us that, that David, all these men started to follow David. All these men who were discontent, who were in debt and were distressed is what the Bible says. Anybody ever feeling discontent lately? Anybody finding themselves in debt? because of unemployment or because of bin shopping on Amazon or whatever it is. Uh, anybody ever find themselves in a distressing time? Or these were the kinds of men that God would bring to David. And David began to mold them and shape them and they became an incredible fighting force. But now King Saul, if you remember, was pursuing David, coming after David. But David, because he was so honorable, never took the opportunity to to take Saul out. He had two opportunities to kill Saul and he didn't do it. So he was literally on the run. And while he was on the run, can you imagine of all the battles that he had fought, fatigue started to set in, Um, loneliness started to arrive, and all of these different emotions began to wear on David. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 27 verse 1, but David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines, then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will be safe. David decided that he needed to get out of Israelite territory. Now, think about that for a moment. He was leaving Israelite territory to go into Philistine territory where he actually felt he would be safe. But the Bible says that David kept thinking to himself this message is entitled When You're in a Long Term Battle. When you're in a long term battle. Not a short-term battle, but a long-term battle. Because I believe we're in a long-term battle right now. This is not something short. We thought, what, two weeks, shut down, okay. Then it went from two weeks to four weeks, from four weeks to two months, everybody. We're in a long-term battle. This thing is not over. We'll slowly roll in all over again, but it's not going to be the same for a while. So we're in a long-term battle. And David was in long-term battles. And that's why I find it really interesting that the Bible says that David kept thinking to himself. When you're in a long-term battle, Come on, everybody. The first thing that you got to do is you got to have the right thinking. You have to have right thinking. Because we're all in a battle. I want you to know that even though you may not think that we're in a war, you're in a war right now. And it's a spiritual war. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 that for we are not fighting against flesh and blood... Um, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. So we're not fighting against another human being. The real enemy is not the enemy. The enemy is not the enemy. The real enemy is the enemy behind the enemy. And that's that's the devil, Satan, our adversary. And he is the one that is waging war against the saints and against this world. And so you have to have right thinking because we are in a battle, no doubt about it. So when you have right thinking, because David kept thinking to himself. When you have right thinking, you begin to think correctly. You begin to have sound judgment. And David, I believe, lost his sound judgment. But who could blame him? He was exhausted from being on the run. Possibly PTSD. Possibly exhaustion and running for his life. And he, I can imagine David being extremely tired at this time. And he kept thinking to himself. So the question is, why was he thinking and why was he not talking? because the people that would be talking to him were not with him anymore. His spiritual advisor, his name was Samuel the prophet, was not with him anymore, he had died. And so David started thinking to himself, now I want you to see something. It's very dangerous for us to isolate ourselves in our own thoughts. It's important for us to keep on talking. Now, if you're in a dark place at this moment, if you're struggling that this war is going on between your two ears and the war is waging Uh, raging inside of your head, the enemy has waged a war against you in your head, then you've got to get people that can help you to think correctly. And in fact, the best thing that you can do to think correctly is to talk it out with people who are godly, who know the Lord, and to read the word of God to get your mind right, to start thinking the right way. Somebody say amen is one of the most critical things that we can do. But David, he was running from Saul, he was exhausted, and he was not in a good place. We've got to get ourselves into a good place, because when we're in a good place, we get right thinking. The second thing that we notice about David was he went with King Achish of Gath, of the Philistines. Think about this for a moment. The Philistines, everybody, he made an unholy alliance with the king of the Philistines. Now, who was one of the biggest Philistines we knew about? His name was Goliath. So David basically jumped teams and went onto to the other side to fight with the Philistines in order to get away from Saul. Right thinking can lead us to probably the best thing that we can do is have divine alliances. David did not have a divine alliance. This alliance was not good for David. In fact, David started to do very questionable things with his life as a result of these alliances. So you've got to get good alliances in your life, good people around you, your connect group, or people that, you know, who know God, and you need good alliances. As a matter of fact, I believe that a good alliance is attached to your assignment. Let me put it another way. Your assignment is dependent upon your alliance, and whoever you are aligned with, it's going to help your destiny. So you've got to find divine alliances. David need to break loose from this unholy alliance that he had so that God could, could help him ascend to the throne the way that he intended David to be, the king over all of Israel. Now, you got to think this for a moment. It was 27 years have gone, will, will have gone by from the moment that David was killed Goliath And the moment that David became the king of all of Israel. 27 years. But now, number one, we need right thinking. Number two, we need divine alliances. And here's number three. Number three, we need sound counsel. Sound counsel. You've got to be careful where you get your advice from. You've got to be listening to people who actually have been there and done that and can help you on your journey with life, we need sound counsel. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 14, that where there is no counsel, the people fall. No counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So we need to have a multitude of counselors in our lives in order for us to fight these long-term battles. And it's a long-term battle. You need what? Great alliances. You need sound advice, and you need right thinking. And when we bring in people who have sound advice, I'm so thankful for people that I can call that have got great advice. I can call Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands. He's got incredible advice. I'm grateful for that alliance. I, I can call Pastor uh, Roger Archer, Shane Baxter, uh, Jedediah Thurner, all of these people I'm aligned with. We've got great alliances, great, great advice, and great counsel. I think that's what we need. It's rare that I ever make a decision strictly on my own. Even in our own church, I'm bouncing it off of Lisa. I'm bouncing it off of staff. I'm taking it to our board, to our church council. There is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And the thing that I've learned is, if I'm the smartest man in the room, we in trouble, everybody. We are in trouble. I'm smart, but most of the time, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. So I'm grateful for all of the people that have input into my life. David needed that at a critical juncture and a critical moment in his life. But now things begin to shift and they're actually going to shift in David's favor because it's actually going to get worse before it gets better. So King Akish decides in chapter 28 and 29 that David can't, can't ride with him. They were ride or die friends for a moment and then all of a sudden King his men said, we don't like David, we're afraid of him, he's an incredible warrior, he took out Goliath. Why is he riding with us? Um, Do you think he wants to earn brownie points by hurting us in order to put himself in the good graces of Saul? So Achish says, "Oh David, I'm sorry, David, you got to go back. And David is disappointed. Can I tell you that sometimes the denial that you are receiving is actually a gift from God? The denial that you're getting could actually be a gift from God because the unholy alliance that he was making, or the wrong alliance... It could be a wholly wrong alliance, and he was going in that direction. But as he's headed in that direction, he gets rejected, and in his rejection, oh yeah, he's offended as he's walking away. But God was doing something. God was getting him back to the scene of the crime. Well, while he was fighting on one front, he was being attacked on the other, and he didn't even know it. It's the same thing that happened to us in World War II. In World War II, we were all the way in Europe putting all our eggs in that basket, preparing for the day that we might enter into a war, but that's exactly what happened. On Sunday morning at 7.55 a.m., we were unaware when we were attacked by the Imperial Army or the Imperial Navy of Japan. Now, thank God that today we are at peaceful terms and allies with Japan and with Germany, but back then, guys, 78 years ago, 79 years ago, back then, everybody... It was not that that was not the case. And we were caught off guard, much like David was caught off guard. David was unaware what was happening to his men's women, his wives, his, their children, all of them. And then the Bible says that as they began to turn back, they began to realize exactly what was taking place. For Samuel chapter 30, verse 1, it says, Three days later, when David and his men arrived at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag, and they had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and the children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. And when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. And David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. Can you see the scene now? Now they're heading back and as they get back, they see their town burned to the ground. All their wives and children are gone and they're missing. And then when they come upon these ruins, when they come upon the scene of the crime, coming over the hill and they begin to see this, you can imagine the fear that ran through these men as they run through tents and run through houses and find nobody there. They're gone. Fire's still burning. Something's still on the stove. And then they realize that the people that they love the most They're no longer there at this moment. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been and found yourself in a situation that you've been so desperate that you you cried till you could cry no more? David's men wept till they could weep no more. That's exactly what happened. These grown warriors were so grieved by the missing of their wives and children that they were all cried out. Now, I don't know where you are right now at this time. I don't know if you've cried all your tears once before or maybe right now that you can't cry anymore. That I don't know if you're in a place right now that maybe one day for future reference, thank you, Mike, uh, one day I'll remember this. This is for me. Or maybe you are there right now at this moment there's something that is totally out of your control you can't make a decision because your decision doesn't mean anything at this time these are those times where david would do something that you and i really have to do it's in those times that we are at our lowest at the darkest place that we are and and david's men wanted to kill him his own men that he that came to him david didn't recruit nobody they all came to david and now when they see what happens now they got to look for somebody and somebody is going to be held responsible for this so what are they doing they're looking for payback and they're looking for somebody to bear the brunt of the responsibility so who's the easiest target at this time your leader it's david and the bible says that they all talked amongst themselves about killing david about stoning him but then the most important thing began to happen when he was in that dark place when he was being attacked when he was being singled out The Bible tells us that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself. And that's the other thing that we do when we are fighting a long-term battle. Yeah, no doubt, man. You're going to have to have alliances and right thinking and sound counsel. But ultimately, you and I have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Because nobody's going to do it for us. Nobody's going to strengthen us at the end of the day. We have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God. So how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord your God? You get alone with God. You get you you put your praise on your best praise music on. You do anything that you can do to lift your spirits. You're putting worship on. You're in the you're in the moment. You're uh, uh, no no problem. You're on your knees. You're worshiping to the you're worshiping the Lord. You're in prayer. It is at this moment that you begin to what? You begin to do what David did. David told Abiathar the priest, give me the ephod. In other words, give me the priestly garment. I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord my God, and I'm going to give me the priestly garment. And he puts on the priest's garment, the garment of praise, the garment of prayer, the the garment of worship. And he took responsibility. Because instead of David blaming somebody else, David said, I got this. God, me and you, we got this. I'm going to strengthen myself in you, and he ended up going from, I love to say this, don't steal it from me. He likes to go, for, he went from priest mode to beast mode. From priest mode to beast mode. And there are going to be times that you got to be the priest of your house. Uh, if, if, if your spouse is not standing up, you have to be the priest of your home at that moment. And this is how we fight these long-term battles. If you're expecting somebody to stand up and fight for us, babe, can you fight for us? then if they're not fighting at that moment because they might be in a bad place, this is when you stand up and we stand up and we get ourselves into a good place and we end up going from beast, priest mode to beast mode and we start praying. And David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And then what begins to happen is the men rally around him. And the Bible begins to tell us that they rallied around him so great that they found the Amalekites. And it says in verse 18 that David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back and he also recovered all the flocks and their herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. And this plunder belongs to David, they said. Now they're going to, like, now David is king again, right? Now David is their man. So what did they do? They had a fought for unity. They had a fought for unity. And you know what? There's going to be times that you're going to have to fight for unity. Fight for unity in your family. Fight for unity at your job. Fight for unity on your church. Because unity just doesn't happen. And when you fight for unity and you work towards reconciliation and you work toward unity, God commands the blessing with unity, and they had to fight for it. These men had been through battles before, but now the biggest battle was raging among them, and it was the infighting at that moment. They were going to fight. They were going to actually kill David. But they fought for unity, and through this, that God answered David and told David what to do. Because David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And then they fought for unity. Man, let me tell you, there are four Hebrew children who fought, three Hebrew children that fought for unity. And their unified decision not to bow down in the book of Daniel to the carved image, to the image of Nebuchadnezzar and worship him, they did not bow down to that. They would not worship the idol. And they were thrown into the fire, and that fire was ten times hotter, but they were not burned. Because why? Because their unity together brought the fourth man into the furnace, and that was the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, was in the fire with them. The Bible says that how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. That's where God commands the blessing, and that's what he did. When we dwell together in unity, when we fight for unity, God brings a blessing. Come on, somebody. we got to fight for unity. We got to fight for relationship and here's the fourth one, actually the sixth point and this is it. Is, this is it. If you're going to fight your long-term battle and you're going to come out winning on the other end, is number six, you got to have superior weaponry. Superior weaponry. Prayer is your weapon. As a matter of fact, it's the way we fight back is through prayer. As a matter of fact, it is forged in fire. And when it's hotter, the hotter it gets, the hotter the adversity, the more difficult things are. These are those times when you get strengthened in your faith. It is those times that you fight for it and you fight through it, and you begin to come out on the other end. But it's in these times, your weapons are your prayers. Because if the Bible says that the devil is throwing his fiery darts at us, that we gotta have that shield of faith up, that we have to hit back. How do we hit back? We strike back with the sword of the Spirit, and we strike back through prayer. I firmly believe that it's prayer has been been able to help us to, to turn this pandemic curve around, flattening the curve through prayer. A national day of prayer was called two months ago to turn back this nation back to the Lord. And as we, on this Memorial Day, turn our sights and our hearts back toward God, We memorialize and we remember everything Jesus Christ did for us. And the greatest weapon he gave to us was the weapon of prayer. And as we fight this long-term battle, you know what? You're not alone. You're not all by yourself fighting this battle. There are thousands in Hawaii and there are millions throughout the earth that are fighting the same enemy and are fighting the same battle. And we are fighting together and we're fighting for you and we're fighting with you as you fight for us, and you fight with us. God is in our midst. Come on, whatever we're going through, even if this slowly opens, it's still going to be a long-term battle, but we're gonna make it. We're gonna come out on the other end. I told the church on Wednesday night, we may have gone through the fire, we're not gonna smell like smoke, but we're gonna smell like roses. We're gonna come out smelling like a rose when this is done, because why? Because God is with us. God is with you. He loves you, he's here to strengthen you, and he's here to bless you, and to keep you strong in this time. The best thing we can do is live our lives in an obedient fashion to the Lord, so that when we are fighting on one end, we are never surprised on the other. Because why? Because we are sons and daughters of the Most High, that nothing should surprise us anymore. So let's be alert, let's be vigilant, let's be on the lookout, and let's stay clear, think clear, And let's just live this life with love and without fear in the name of Jesus. Let's use common sense, but without fear in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. It's been great being with you on this Memorial Day weekend. Don't go away. We've got lots more for you. So may the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, turn his countenance toward you, and grant you peace in the name of Jesus.
0: The podcast, The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, is a moving and inspiring biblical audio experience that will help you master wisdom from the world's greatest book. In each episode, you'll learn to apply biblical principles to everyday life. Each cinematic episode is a journey through the Bible's most profound stories that will strengthen your appreciation of the Word and inspire you to keep learning. Listen to The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.